I'm just here to say that um, I'm in love with you. I'm here. We are on the loose, and we are all ready to find some love. Get it on. Who wants to go to the boom boom? Falling in love is one thing. Being in love is another thing. And an engagement is another thing. Like, yelling I love you from the top of a roof. And I remember being like, I hope that people can experience this love that I'm feeling. Because I feel like it doesn't come to everyone in their life. And I felt it. When you say you love someone, you're assuming responsibility to protect them, to care for them, and to not hurt them and you didn't do any of those things. You say you love me, I don't think you know what love is. And I love you so much, like so much. But I couldn't after today, I don't, like I'm not, I'm not like in love, you know what I mean? What is love? A question that plagues the minds of bachelors and bachelorettes everywhere. Some take it seriously. They genuinely want to know who's here for the right reasons. Usually those people are the leads in the show. So obviously they want to end up married. Other people are just there for the clout. And others are there for maybe a little something more personal. I think intimate may be a better word to describe it. Regardless, it seems like the adults on these types of shows don't actually have an answer to what love is. So I look to my friends teenagers to answer the question for us. If you could give me a definition of what love is to you, what would it be? <laughs> I don't know, it's just like a certain bond that people like, share. Very vague. What is love to you? Like if you could give me a definition of what love is, what would it be? Um, okay. Let me think. Love, right? My definition of love is someone that would always be there for you, someone you genuinely care about, someone you think you can spend the rest of life with. When you love somebody, like, no matter what they do, they will be there for you. It's hard to explain. You know how in relationships, you have that moment where you guys are, like, in that, like, newlywed stage when you guys are always wanting to be together and stuff? I feel like real love is when you aren't even in that like touchy-feely stage. Like you have problems, but no matter what, then they will still go back together. That's what I think love is. Like that, but in your opinion. Okay. <clears throat> love to me is a connection that you have with someone where you feel complete like trust in them and you can like always be open and honest, I guess. Does this definition encompass the love you feel for everyone in your life? I guess like most people, I feel like but not, not everyone, I would say. I think it looks like different with certain people. It might sound a little weird, but I think so in a way. Like if you have a friend you genuinely care about and like you genuinely love being around and genuinely love, you know, you're gonna want to take care of them and you're gonna want to be there for them. Like sort of like how a mom is for their child. That sounds a little bit weird, but sometimes I feel like I wanna be a mom to my friends. That feels weird, but yeah. If you could give me a definition. <laughs> yeah. What, what, if you could give me a definition, you know, what would it be? Oh, I think, you know, there's a different types of love. There's friend love, there's relationship love, there's parent love, there's sibling love, there's pet love, there's friend love, I guess. 
Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ayana, and today we'll be discussing, you may have guessed it already, what is love? How could something that everyone is looking for be so hard to find? Why and what leads bachelors and bachelorettes to the point where they have to go on this contrived journey to find the one? Part of the reason could be they grew up in the same society that we do, living with the same pressures that we do, and taking in similar media that we do. But what is the media really telling us love is? Is love the same thing as romance? Is there a specific type of love that everyone should be looking for? Is there a wrong or right way to love? Is there a reason why love seems to be something everyone is looking for, but nobody really wants to talk about? What makes love so important in the first place? Today we will explore these questions with the help of multiple interviews and two guests I've hand-selected. Out of all these types of love that you already derived, is there one that you feel like is seen as most important in the media or in society? I would say it's like, based on media stuff, it's mostly about relationship. Like, you don't really see people talk about, oh, I love my sibling. Probably with like a romantic partner. I don't know. I don't see a lot of media stuff about like, love with like parents and like your friends and stuff i feel like most of this broadcast is like romantic relationships as the most important in media yeah like you described your definition is i don't think there genuine love like being portrayed in the media if that makes sense because i feel like nowadays everyone is all about like one night stands or like like mm-hmm. a hit and dip type thing so i feel like genuine love and just not there everyone just wants like one thing and just leaves after you know and growing up or even now did you ever feel pressure or do you think there were influences that conditioned you to feel like you needed to have a romantic partner or be in love yeah i think so i feel like it's kind of like societal norms of like oh you're always supposed to like have like a crush like like someone at like a certain time and but like that doesn't always happen for people like oh my like friends like maybe one or two have dated somebody so even i i've never thought about it anybody i mean my parents obviously are not very just need to talk about that but i've i've never thought about dating anybody would you say that's a rare thing do you think that generally most people do and you just happen not to I would say yes, because, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I have a crush on this guy, and I really want to start dating him, but I'm shy, and blah, 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 or this guy's hot, and I should date him. I mean, I don't know how other people think. Definitely! Not even childhood. Like, right now, I definitely feel that. It could just, like, I feel like everywhere you go, you see people together, and you're like, like, wow, I really want that for myself. You don't really see, like, what's on the inside of the relationship, though. You just see, like, the pearly whites of the relationship, you know? Right. And, like, not necessarily TV, but literally, like, all over Instagram, TikTok, Snap, you'll see, like, happy couples together and be like, wow, like, I'm kind of jealous, you know? And it feels like society now kind of makes everyone feel like they should be in a relationship, you know? Like, I feel like everyone has this 
feels the need to be in a relationship. If you've never been in one, everyone sees you as like lame right mm. but like if you've been in too many relationships then people kind of see you as like you know well I guess like people favor people who've been in a relationship more but I definitely think that there's like this need to be in one because of like media and tv and stuff So thank you guys for being my first two guests today on the first episode. I'm excited to talk with you guys. So my guests today are two of my friends from school. If you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick. Hi, I'm Lamia. I'm Mimi. Great. Although there were no preparations for this conversation prior to inviting my guests to the show, my guests already have a general idea of the types of questions I ask my first interviewees. So I went straight into a topic that could center us and give us a starting point to get into some deeper ideas. I decided it would be best to talk first about our attachment to romance and how it influenced the types of film we watch, including TV and movies. At least for me, I feel like, like I said, like my general watching history, like the types of shows I watch are always very romantic. But even if I think about my life in general I feel like there hasn't been a time where I haven't thought about like my future of getting married or like having a boyfriend for me I think because I grew up in a more like Muslim community where dating or the idea of like going out to romantic relationships over like anything else is kind of um stigmatized so I never really had that pressure yeah, I think that, like, I don't know if I've felt pressure, but I think I've definitely been conditioned to think a certain way. So, and because I've been conditioned, it doesn't feel like a pressure. So, like, I think about when I'm older, like, you know, everyone's fear they don't want to die alone. Sometimes when I think about, like, relationships in the future, I'm like, well, eventually I'm going to have to get a relationship because I don't want to die alone. I watch a lot of romantic TV and movies. I know, Mimi, you don't really do that. Is there, like, a specific reason why those types of shows don't interest you? They have to be really original for me to find them interesting. I think there was only, like, one romantic movie that I really enjoyed, and it was really, like, unique and different. I just think sometimes romance displayed in the media is really cliche and unrealistic, and it's not the kind of romance that I envision for myself. Like, I don't even find it interesting. So, like, you already have that notion that anything that I'm watching on TV that has to do with a romantic situation is fiction. Maybe not fiction, because I think cliche, because I don't think cliche doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean real. Like, someone could have that relationship. It's just, I think, really unoriginal. And I don't want an unoriginal relationship. Kind of like me was saying, there has to be some kind of, like, element that isn't just romance for me to keep watching, especially with the show. If I'm watching, like, 12, 16 episodes of a romantic show, and it's just about two people getting together, I'm gonna end up finding it boring so there has to be some other mystery or some other if it's a mellow there has to be like something about their relationships with other people or something besides just like the main couple like i feel like i see romance in real life all the time you know people get married you know all these things 
but never do I see a zombie apocalypse, you know, and never do I see, like, all these things, like, I think that's, like, just entertainment-wise, if I'm watching something purely for entertainment, I'm not gonna watch something that's just, like, a small, exaggerated version of something I see all the time. I just, like, gravitate towards it because I feel like I'm not thinking about romance in my daily life, like how Mimi described it, like, people getting married. I don't see that as romance. I feel like romance in real life is so cringy. And something about watching it on TV because or in movies, film in general, it's just they're romanticizing romance. So they make it like look so appealing. And so my expectations for romance, I feel like are warped by what I've seen in film rather than real life. That kind of reminds me of the male gaze and how in movies, even like Disney movies, how the women are depicted and how like their relationship develops like between um, Ariel and Prince Eric. She can't talk. So it's like, what do you like about her? (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I'm just like, so you're. You just found this, like, hot girl laying on the sand, and you're like, oh, let me just save her. And then, like, is it appealing that she can't talk? And then she also looks good. And I'm just like, hmm, something's not right about that. Or then um, kind of how it's supposed to be romantic for a girl to be saved by a guy Mm. and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be romantic for the girl kind of to be like in search of this guy to fulfill her dreams of being a wife and a mother but is that like the only thing that will fulfill your life but that's still the narrative that I feel like is displayed in a lot of kids movies I think the reason that I didn't grow up Um, thinking about relationships and thinking about romance is because I watched movies like that and I thought it was so like like I don't really like that whole um damsel in distress kind of thing I know other people do it's just personally not for me and I didn't watch a lot of Disney movies but the ones I did watch were about um like the Disney princess or whatever like doing what she wants to do and then somehow love like comes into like um princess tiana like she was you know working for her dream and then she ended up meeting prince naveen but that was never her priority so i watched movies like that instead so instead i started like prioritizing like my education or whatever i needed to do instead of over that because i just figured that something like that would come along one day and if it doesn't that's okay too because i would still have my dream how do you see like the glorification of romance in more like tween or teen tv shows or movies um i always love the adventure genre i noticed like we were talking before about like romance movies and i said no i don't really like to watch romance movies but i noticed that romance in some way is always involved in like so many different genres of movie of mm-hmm. movies you know like in, in all the adventure movies I watch, there's always, like, at least one rel- couple in it, like, you know? And, like, you know, or, like, the main character finds a love interest. Even movies when it's, like, two best, like, of, you know, the main person and the sidekick, the main person always has a love interest or will get a love interest. And I think that's what, like, completes the movie. And I, I noticed that I start 
like started to realize that like one of my favorite Disney movies ever is Moana and I love the movie and it's very adventurous and she goes on this big journey and I remember like so thinking to myself and catching myself wow wouldn't it be so great if like she had a love interest I noticed that I noticed myself thinking that and then I like thought to myself but like but also why but I would love to live Moana's life I think you know adventure and movement is so fun but I think it's also because um I would want a love interest in my life like I don't know and so I, I don't mind I don't mind romance in movies. I, I'm not a fan of the genre, but I just noticed that it's always included. It's like a universal experience for people to put themselves in the shoes of the main character if they feel like they can relate to it or they would like to see themselves in that position. I feel like people who watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette obsessively, like I do, like it's habitual for me now, um to watch it is because it seems so unrealistic for someone to ever why would 30 people genuinely using air quotes want to have a relationship with me or the chance to have a relationship with me as if I'm this hot commodity but I'm really just a regular person so like similarly to like Moana's characteristics like she's brave she loves her family She's adventurous and she's kind and she like all these qualities that someone might embody themselves or want to embody. They would put themselves in her shoes. But I think it's also important, like you mentioned, there's something unfulfilling about Moana because she doesn't have a love interest. That's a great representation that you just mentioned of how romance is glorified because how can you live without being in love then the whole like stigma around being over 30 and not being married there's nothing wrong with that but it's still horrible because you're supposed to have been there done that or at least been in love before and the whole crazy thing another like trope on the bachelor is like clayton the season that i started watching he was a virgin and he had never been in love before and those are like two things he was also christian so there's like Three things that might be like a dating no-no, like I'm never going to date a virgin or something like that. But he still, there were still like 30 women who were willing for that relationship. I was talking to, I talked to both of you about this issue that I have. And it was interesting because I was talking to my mom about it too. And we're similar in that way. Like it's very strange for me to be like, I love someone who isn't related to me or I love someone who I'm not in love with romantically and I'm just like those I can separate familial and romantic love but there's no such thing as love outside of those two places in my life and it's become like really difficult for me to I obviously like have those feelings but I can't express those feelings because it's just so uncomfortable for me and then I even don't normally say I love you to my family because I feel like I feel like only parents say that or like only like only distant family say that just to say it and then if I'm gonna say it it's like because I'm in love not because I love someone not that in that romantic way do you love your friends I 
Like, <laughs> I don't know because I just don't think about it that way. So it's hard for me to like attach that word to how I feel about my friends. Do you guys know the eight types of love there are? No. Do you think it's important for people to know what they are? I think they're important just because of my situation right now. Because I feel like it's dif- it's sad. Like I feel like that's so sad. Like I feel I feel bad because I know that a lot of people are looking for that like validation and a lot of people's love language like we talked about a while ago Mimi like yesterday was like <laughs> words of affirmation and like people like to hear I love you because it validates them. But like for me like I feel bad because just saying that makes me so gross, feel gross inside if it's not someone who I'm in love with, so I just don't like to say it. And I feel like if I was younger and I knew that it's okay to feel that way for other people, I knew that I feel like I'd be more comfortable. Anyway, I'll just tell you guys the different types of love so you can take this with you and the people listening, if there's people listening, if I'm famous by now, um, you guys will also know the types of love there are. And, and often it's, it's more helpful to think about it the way the Greeks used to. Um, they used to break it down in terms of eight types of love. The first one is eros. Eros is about the body. It's also called often passionate love. It's also called erotic love. Well, the Greeks used to see that as a, as a dangerous form of love, unless it was a mature type of eros that was practiced with a, with a spiritual type of love, which some people call today tantra. The second one is ludus. In French, uh, something that is ludique means that it is actually playful. And so ludus is playful love. It's the, it's the thing, think of it as in, in a relationship, the moment when you flirt at the beginning, it's, it's about emotions, it's about feelings. And eros and ludus often are confused because they go together, at least in the early stages of a relationship. And they often get confused again with another type, which is called mania. Mania is, is called obsessive love, and it's very possessive. And the Greeks used to say, in a relationship, you need to make sure you cultivate eros and ludus and reduce mania. Mania is, uh, you can see it often in, in relationships because it becomes obsessive. It's based on the need, it's based on jealousy, and it's, it's a form of love towards survival, actually. It's also to do with the body and feelings. And then there is, there is another one, which is called philia. Now, philia is, you could think about it as friendship or affectionate love. So it's often known as platonic love because Plato used to describe it as non-erotic. But philia is, is often related to the idea of the mind and sacrifice. And you'll find this in, for example, people's friendships, but also um, dedication to an ideal in a government. Um, soldiers going to battle would often be displaying philia. So then you have storage. Now, storage is the most unknown type of Greek love that very few people even know about. It's to do with memory. It's to do with time. Often you can remember that as family. It's to do with habit. So if you spend a lot of time with people and you just are used to being around them, you'll probably develop a form of storage love. It's also common with childhood friends, for instance, or colleagues that you've been working here for 25, 25 years or so. So storage is to do with time and habit. Pragma is also to do with time, but it's much more to do with effort over time. If storage is about habit, pragma is about effort over time. So 
you often hear people talking about pragmatism. Pragmatism is a form of love of truth and wisdom, and it's the idea of pursuit of that love of truth and wisdom over time. So pragma today is known as pragmatism, but it's also a form of love. It's the love of effort over time. Philautia is the mirror. Philautia is the love of self. Not to be confused with the narcissic love of self, the obsessive love of self. It's more the love, as the Buddhists would call, self-compassionate love of self. The Greeks indeed used to say that before you could love anybody in any way, you need to first love yourself. So philautia is knowing and loving yourself. It's to do with the soul level. And the last one is agape, which is also very unknown. And, and you could think about it as the love of the world. It's, the, it's selfless love. It's non-conditional love. It's the idea that it's to do with spirit and spirituality. Um, people often develop agape later on in life. And you'll see agape in, in spiritual leadership. But also in, in workplaces, agape is when you just decide that you dedicate your, your love towards an ideal without it having any condition. And, and, and it's very related to faith as well, that you even if you, you get it disproved, you still continue loving in an agape way. All these different types of love there are, and like we only know two. So I would say that at least The Bachelor capitalizes on Eros and Ludus. They create the like fairy tale scenarios, which are playful and exciting. But then they also have the more sensual dates that are romantic and sexual. It's just, there's no pragma. Like how, I mean, for some people, obviously, because some people are still in relationships after being on the show, they have a love that endures. But it's also like six weeks time. You barely know the person in six weeks. You haven't even seen them every day. And you've developed this love for them. A love that lasts. A love that can stand like, arguments like when do you argue when you're in this like fairy tale land you're not going to argue with someone you don't even know like if they're clean at home you don't know if they smack when they eat like that might be a deal breaker for me i'm not gonna lie on like do you think that the bachelor glorifies romance in what ways have you seen like the glorification of romance in media or in like your observations of just people or even your own experiences. Yeah, that's, that's spot on. I, I definitely think it does for sure. Um, and I think it's sort of like this, I mean, they talk about it. They talk about like, you know, finding the one or my person, or uh, it goes back to this idea of sort of like a fairy tale ending and being like whisked away and, and, you know, like not being able to sort of like be in touch with reality because you're so in love with somebody and it's all going to be sunshine and roses every single day. And, you know, like these, you know, picnics on the side of a glacier and all this craziness. And I think that, you know, what's reality is like going to the grocery store and doing your laundry and sitting around in your sweatpants and like watching a movie. Like those are, those are things that are real where like you're getting to know somebody if you get to that stage like that's the level of comfort and understanding you have as you are falling in love with somebody like i would i wouldn't want to be anywhere else with anybody else in this moment um and that sort of like comfortable like sunday afternoon kind of love i think is more powerful than this like cinderella version that the bachelor is trying to trying to get at 
And I think that that's why you see all of these relationships die off after two or three months where it gets to that phase of like, there are no cameras, there are no crazy dates. We're not globe trotting. And it's like, I don't actually like this person. Like this isn't, this isn't real. Um, so I think the proof is in the numbers there. Uh, but in terms of like societal pressures to fall in love and romantic love, I mean, for sure. Like, I think this is a kind of a hot take, but something I've been like really hardcore about as a dad of two girls is I just like, am, I'm so out on like even color schemes. Like I'm really out that like girls have to be pink, boys have to be blue. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't do any of that for any of their clothes, any of their rooms. We like, we're not into sort of the princess narrative. Like when, when my girls were sort of like around other kids who were like, oh, like I want to be a princess, blah, blah, blah. I, I would talk to my, my daughters like, so what's a princess? Like what's a princess do? And they're like, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they don't do anything. All they do is like have a cool dress and sit around. Like there are so many other people that you could be impressed by and so many other people that you could like learn about and want to be and pretend who actually do things like who are accomplished. And I think like the constant narrative of like a princess and a prince and like that gets so embedded in you in terms of like what the dream is and what you want it to feel like and be like that like it it's disastrous for some people, you know, like if you if you make it to you know, 30 years old, and that hasn't happened for you, you know, you get into this pattern of like, needing to settle, which I think is like such an interesting concept. Because I think there's like this element where love can come from a lot of different places, right? Like, you could have a best friend who like, it just turns out that like, we actually kind of love each other. And like, it turns into something else. And it's not the romantic thing. It's not some big grandiose narrative but it's just as powerful and just as beautiful. And so I, I think it definitely reinforces that narrative and I don't, I don't need that narrative. And I'm, I'm, I'm actively trying to, you know, take that apart and belittle that with my girls as they grow up. And like, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways to, to find a partner, to find somebody you want to spend a lot of time with for sure. I started watching like the summer, uh, maybe before junior year. Mm -hmm. I think that's like after Clayton season happened and I binge watched it on demand. But yeah. do you think like for someone that young or people that young, like around 14, 13, younger, or just like teenage age watching the show, do you think it gives them, do you think it might warp their expectations? Yes, 100%. Okay. And do you think that's like, Obviously, the show doesn't need, need to worry about that because they're getting views anyway. But as a parent, like, mm -hmm. would you would you want your kid to be like watching this and being influenced by the actions of the people or the idea of love that they put yeah. on the show? <clears throat> no. However, I will say, I have two daughters, and if they do want to watch it or will watch it someday as a parent it's my job to talk to them about what they're seeing on tv and that and that that's not realistic and you know these are dates that would wouldn't happen in real life and the um so 
I think it's I think it's on the parents to know what their kids are watching and to have conversations about what's real and what's fantasy, right? I wonder if that kind of love, agape, you said, mm-hmm. is more emphasized in some cultures than others because the movies, the zombie movies here are more like survive on your own, except like The Walking Dead where like they all come together and they all survive. But most of the apocalyptic ones are, especially like apocalyptic books, like it's just, you know, it's just you and then maybe one other person. And usually that person is like um, your family, like someone who's blood related to you. But then in other movies, like you just said, Train of Busan, like that guy didn't know anyone except for his wife, but he still sacrificed um, his life for them, which is off topic, I know, but I just thought it was something interesting to think about. It is on topic. It is on topic, though, because we're talking about the different types of love. Don't feel bad. It's good. (laughs) And then I was thinking, like, we have a friend, I don't know, well, she's going to actually be the next guest on the podcast, so you'll be able to hear a little bit from her, and I'm sure this will come out as she talks. But we have a friend who is very, very, like, innately loving person, and sometimes for me, it's overwhelming, because I'm just like, why do you care about these people? Like, we're... I'm just like, eh, like, do I care? No, like, I don't know them. But, like, for her, it's different. Like, because they're people, she loves them. And, it's like, it doesn't matter. And she'll just care for anyone. And I heard that um, in the club that she runs, you guys talked about, like, whether or not you would sacrifice yourself for someone. Mm-hmm. So what was that conversation like? Well, we talked about... Um... And first, we talked about the story of this man who kind of went through a lot of trials in his life. And then we switched the conversation to, okay, what about us? Like, how does this affect us? And the question that came up was, would you sacrifice for someone else? And a lot of people in that club were, like, confused. Like, me included. I was like, why would I sacrifice myself for someone I don't know? Or even if it's someone that I do know and I don't know them personally, why would I give myself up? But for her, it was kind of like a like an obvious thing. Like, yeah, I would. Because, one, I know this person, two, like, they're another person. And I just thought, like, like, you know, we both grew up in this day and age or whatever, and yet we still have such, like, different um, perspectives on love and life and, like, how we can do, how what we do and what we can do affects other people. 